Chapter 7 The drive to Slain Lamb Ministries was uneventful. To be honest, the whole pandemic had, for me, been that way. Until Pastor Akka reared his ugly head. The parking lot was mostly empty, except for a few cars near the front that I assumed were for the elders or anyone helping with setup inside. I needed to be cautious, but I didn't expect to be confronted by anyone on this trip. Driving the car to the back of the building, I didn't see anyone milling around outside. The sun glinted off the windows of the church, blinding me with its unholy light. I parked against the curb, but left the car running. This would only take a few seconds, and then I'd be scot-free to fine-tune my plan in the hours before the revival began. The air outside was still crisp, but warmer than the weeks prior, as winter lost its grip on the world. I swallowed hard and ran to the bathroom window. There was a moment of movement through the glass, but I assumed it was simply my reflection. Being the paranoid perfectionist that I am, I unzipped the backpack and checked over its contents. Never mind the five other times I'd checked it already, this last time could reveal something important. Those few lingering moments outside the church changed everything. Glass shattered above my head and rained over me like diamonds from the sky. I swung my arm up over my head, but not before a shard nicked my ear. The pain was instant, though not bad. Strong hands grabbed me and yanked me upward, dragging me through the window and into the bathroom. Black eyes stared into mine. I lost all ability to fight back. It took every ounce of focus in me just to keep my legs from turning to jelly on the tile floor. The mixed smell of urine and liquid hand soap snuck into my nose. It's so good of you to join us. The man breathed into my face, freshly used Listerine stinging my eyes. We've been expecting you. Just then, a lady emerged from the hallway, her eyes dead as night. She waltzed toward me, hips swaying elegantly. She wore a tight-fitting red dress, but her footwear seemed a touch out of place. Both feet were protected by heavy-duty work boots. She was ready to allure and kick ass. Her left hand gripped a bottle of liquid, as her right hand revealed a wadded bandana. My eyes met back with hers, and she smiled. A chill ran down my spine. You don't need to be awake for this next part, she said. I tried to call for help, but she had the wet bandana over my mouth and nose before a scream left my throat. The strong man's hands gripped tighter on my shoulders as I fought to escape his hold. The smell of chloroform was nauseating. It filled not only my lungs, but seemed to seep into every inner crevice of my body. The room spun around me, then went black. I could hear my attackers talking for a few more seconds before I drifted off into dreamless unconsciousness. Douse him again. The scuffling of feet entered my eardrums, while a splash of cold water across my face jerked me back to the land of the living. Though my vision was blurred, I could make out the forms of three people standing in front of me. It's about time you woke up. I recognized the voice of the lady in red, 
I was actually worried that you might have never woken up. But what fun would that have been? We've got a big surprise for you. Where am I? I stammered. My eyesight was slowly improving. Under different circumstances, I would have thought the lady was pretty. In the current situation, I just wanted to spit in her face. You know where you are, a scruffy voice shot out. What were you planning on doing here tonight, sinner? We found all your toys in the backpack. I looked around the room. It was dimly lit by a small candle near a closed door. It was the only door that I could see. The floor was made of wood, and the room's lone window was covered in what looked to be duct tape. Classy. My arms were held to my sides by a rope around my chest, and my ankles were tied to the legs of the chair beneath me. I could still smell the chloroform stench from deep within my nasal cavity. What sounded like hundreds of muffled voices, all deep in different conversations, floated up from the floor. Are we still in the church? I asked. Why don't you answer my friend's question first? A high-pitched male's voice came from the shadows near the door. I could just barely make out the figure of a skinny man leaned against the wall with his arms crossed. He asked you ever so nicely. I was planning to worship with you all. I lied. Once the words tumbled out of my mouth, I realized how stupid they sounded. The man with a scruffy voice jumped toward me and grabbed my shoulders. It was the same guy who had dragged me through the bathroom window. I don't think I'll ever forget the raw power in that grip. He scowled at me, his crimson hair falling down into his face like a natural war paint. Liars will be punished, he breathed. We know you were up to no good, sinner. The look in the man's dark eyes was one of pure hatred and vigor. He seemed like the type of person who would have been stoking the fires during the Salem witch trials. Religious zealots never seemed to go out of style. I couldn't believe my bad luck. I hadn't even made it into the building without being caught. Well, at least I'd made it into the building, even if it wasn't by my own volition. The situation was hopeless, and I could only blame myself for not being cautious enough. What was I thinking? Wouldn't it have made more sense to come hide the backpack under the cover of night? Why did I wait until today? I switched tactics. I'm here for my sister. Can I please just talk to my sister? Your sister, the man in the dark said. Does this sister have a name? Her name is Lucy. Do you know a Lucy? The red-haired man asked the lady. Can't say that I do, she said, after pondering for a few seconds. I thought I'd caught a small wink pass between her and the red-haired man. Well, she's here, I said, sounding more whiny than I'd meant. If you just untie me, I'll go get her. You'd like that, wouldn't you? Came the voice from the darkness. Brutus, go ahead and untie him. I smiled, not sure if it was from my change of luck or from the fact that the redhead's name was Brutus. Really? Brutus asked, looking at the shadows. No, not really, the man said, emerging from the shadows. Light from the candle flame danced across his gangly figure. He was much taller than Brutus, 
but probably a hundred pounds lighter. His anemic figure made me uncomfortable. He looked more monster than man. Walking up behind Brutus, he walloped him across the side of the face. The sound of the slap made me cringe. Is sarcasm completely lost on your meager brain? I almost felt bad for Brutus. But then the tall man turned his attention toward me. His beady eyes bore down into my very soul. That's not hyperbole either. In that moment, I knew there was a god. Because a demon was standing in front of me. Tears streamed down my face, and my stomach tightened as if waiting to be attacked. He moved swiftly, but then stopped with a suddenness that I hadn't expected. How could someone so terrifying move with such elegance? Why the tears? he asked, turning his lips down into a mocking frown. There is nothing to fear. It's only a small matter of time before you will have clarity. I wanted to ask why I was tied up in a small, dim-lit room, but my tongue was plastered to the roof of my mouth like roadkill on pavement. I'd been a fool to come here without a better plan in place. Brutus looked at a text on his phone, and then whispered something in the tall man's ear. It was as if he hadn't just been slapped silly a few minutes before. I stole a quick glance at the lady in red. She had just pulled her phone out too though I was unsure where she even kept it in her form-fitting outfit. Well, my friend, the tall man put his skeletal hands on my shoulders. We shall be back in a few moments. You stay here and think about your sister. My skin seemed to pull back from his touch, the warmth of his hands pushing through the fabric of my skin. He winked, turned, and strolled away. Brutus opened the door and then all three of them filed out. The lock clicked, and I was wiggling back and forth in my seat, working at the rope and praying that it loosened. I jerked and rubbed until rope burn covered me, wrist to forearm. It wasn't loosening, and the heat radiating from my arms was becoming unbearable. And that's when I remembered my pocket knife. <laughs>